you bring me today? <laughs> he brought me something uh, in a... It's not... Uh, like one of those uh, boxes. Cold brew coffee and oat milk. It's not Little I Buddha, even... I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I wish I, I wish you should be bringing Little Buddha. We sh- trust me, if this show keeps derailing the way it has in the Kipper, I gotta first ask couple you, of weeks. How do you get into selling carbonated alcoholic beverages <laughs> after punching people in the NHL? How does this happen? That's for another show, my friend. Okay. That's and when cool. do we get some? I look forward to on a Friday, we'll we'll pick a Friday, and I'll uh, we'll we'll arrange rides home. Okay. I, I guess I guess Borney forgot my little coffee today too. It's just 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 for you guys. Three, just for the talent, I guess. Three forty nine in the cafeteria. Oh my god! I, I get it. You can't be swinging for the team. I get wow. It. <laughs> I don't even know. I made that number up, but it sounds right. It's yes. Sounds low. It does. You know who else has tried Little Buddha? Is uh, Brian Lawton. What do you think, Lots? Is it good? Loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> we got to get it down the in the U.S. That's what we got to work on, me and you, Lots. Well, we should for sure. It would be a massive hit down here as well. How are you, pal? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Kipper? We're good. We're just kind of teeing up the Flyers and the Leafs tonight. And we had uh, Chris Terrian, former Flyer defenseman, and we we know the game's changed so much, but I, I got to think that there's still a demand in that particular town to like their hockey a little tougher than that, w- w- whatever they've been serving them over the last few years. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, maybe they'll just take Daryl Sutter moving to Philly to reignite that because we've seen that he's brought that back to life in Calgary. And Philly, you got to think, it, it just doesn't go with the past. And you can go all the way back to Dave Schultz through Rick Tockett, Dave Brown, and so many other guys. But, yeah, you're absolutely right on that one. I just It's a brave new world. I want you to be 100% truthful with us right now. Did you ever have the flyer flu? <laughs> I, I never had the Philly flu, but I remember my first trip there. I saw Kent Nielsen, who was on our team, like to go for a little jog. He went for a jog around the uh, rink, and he came back, and he had hurt himself running. Ah, I called him up by name, too. I love the name How talented was that guy? <laughs> he was so talented, and Willie Plitt, Flett very quickly jumped up and said he has the Philly flu. It's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a different uh, it's a different Philadelphia Flyer team entirely. There's not a whole lot of guys that are going to make anyone sit out. Uh, although, I, I guess there is a McEwen and Nate Thompson, but not a ton of those guys. What do you make of this year's Philadelphia Flyer team? Is this someone that the, the Leafs should be intimidated uh, of uh, for any reason? That's a very good question, and i got to tell you, Philly has been a little bit of an enigma for me. Obviously, they lose Kevin Hayes. I think that's going to be tremendous trouble. And here they are with a pretty darn good record at this stage, kind of like they had last year. When you look at the underlying numbers, it's not always pretty for Philly, but they've been getting wins. They've been finding ways. Uh, Cam Atkinson has been a revelation they tried to rework their decor course, but lost Ryan Ellis. Uh, it's it, it, it's been a complete enigma for me. I really, truly 
had them as a team competing for one of the final playoff spots. Uh, they've done better than I thought. I'm not sure they'll be there in the end when it's all said and done. Lots, you've been an executive in the National Hockey League, and you've managed goalies, and here's Carter Hart coming out of the blocks like he was shot out of a cannon. The next great, Carey Price. And then he stumbles, and yeah, he's been okay this year at 241, uh, 926 save percentage. But ultimately, as a coach or a general manager, like you've never goaltended before. How do you help somebody like this? Honestly, as a GM, that's one area I very, very rarely touched. Um, having played and knowing so many goalies, it's a special language to really connect with them. It's important, you know, whoever you've got on your team managing that aspect, you really got to rely on them. That's not one area you want to jump into. You just stick out like a sore thumb. Now, Mike Smith was in Tampa when I was there, and Mike is as too cool a school a guy as you will ever find. And I felt like I could at least talk to him, but it was never super in-depth. It was never about his craft. It was never about what he was maybe doing right or wrong. Back then, he couldn't stop a beach ball in a shootout. So I used to want to say, hey, come on, what's the story? You're so athletic. You're so talented. Uh, but I never went there. I left that to Cap Raider and our goalie coaches back then. And uh, I just think it's the best way to roll. When I ran Octagon Hockey Kipper, as you know, we had Mike Liute. And when it came to the goaltenders, and we represented a ton of goaltenders, I'd be, Mike, it's all you, buddy. Go do what you do and figure out how we can help these guys. Lots, we had an uh, interesting conversation at the start of the show, at least in my opinion, about um, how things have changed in terms of managers and coaches and treating players a certain way around the league. You know, we didn't want to speculate on the Bob Murray situation, who right now uh, is obviously on leave. Um, but we, we did want to talk about the shifting culture in the NHL. I wanted to get your thoughts on how far it's okay to go in terms of verbal motivation and, you know, pushing the right buttons with players and, you know, how have things have changed over the years? Have you seen a drastic shift in what's acceptable and what's not from GMs and coaches around the league? Yes, absolutely. Even a drastic shift, not only from when I was playing, which was quite a while ago, but also from managing, which was essentially 10, 10 years ago. Um, it's just a, it's a completely different world. It's more empathetic than it was when we played. Um, it's more empathetic than it was 10 years ago. I think that's a very good thing. I have coached many teams throughout my life, not at the professional level, but with kids and things like that. And I've always found that you're better off trying to let the kids know how much you, you care rather than how much you know about the sport if you want to help them, if you want to get them to buy in what you're trying to do either as a team or as just a young person for your personal growth. So the NHL's followed suit with the rest of the world. Uh, you cannot do or say things that they did to Kipper or I, and Kipper and I could go on for hours on this show about some of the bad, you know what, crazy things people did to us because we saw it all. I'd have guys healthy scratch me when I'd be playing great, but I'd be going back home and tell me I need to toughen up mentally. 
and I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Who thinks that way? You know, but you take it and deal with it, and we see less and less of those things. And even some of the guys that the fans out there right now are going, well, I don't want to deal with Lou Lamarillo, or I don't want to deal with Daryl Sutter, or maybe some of the guys that you think are gruff, whether they're coaches or GMs, and even Barry Trotz. These guys are teddy bears underneath now. Even John Tortorella has a softer side than people would ever realize you have to be in order to be effective in the National Hockey League today, whether you're a manager or coach, it's just the way it is. And the ones that are going to be successful from here on in, lots, are going to be the ones that can just find where that line is. Because when it's all said and done, you know, the players, will, they will look at their coaches or their superiors and, like, like they've got three heads. <laughs> where we were just petrified, they'd go, no, that's not good enough. No, it, it's true. I saw that when I was representing it. There was two first-rounders on the same team. One was Brad Stewart and one was Jeff Gilson. They were both on San Jose. And I was at a game and Jeff Gilson was a client. And I could see Daryl was coaching, coming down and just berating these kids. And I could see Jeff Gilson's body language was not taking it well. And finally, I could see Brad Stewart stand up and tell Daryl basically, why don't you go down the other you-know-what end and stay the you-know-what out of here. We're playing the game. And it was like, <laughs> I asked my client, I said, what happened? He said, well, you know, Daryl, sometimes he'll yell at us. And, uh, you know, I, I don't say anything. I've, I've never said anything to my coaches. I came out of Michigan. I had the great Red Berenson. I went to the same high school as this guy. He said, I had the same coach as you. You know, you just don't, you just don't do anything. And right there, and essentially, I said, well, what was he saying? He's saying, you know, that's brutal. You don't have confidence in me and this, that, and the other thing. And, Kipper, you or I never would have said that when we were getting uh, undressed by a coach. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's wild. And I'd love to get your take on this too, Lots. Like how the player relationship with the media has changed. I watched an interview. Someone sent it to me on Twitter yesterday of my dad talking to someone in like 1978, you know, hockey night in Canada jacket. And my dad's, you know, calling him sir and shaking his hand. And there's this sort of like the, the the power dynamic is totally different than it is now. How have you seen the dynamic between players and media change over the years? Um, I think with media, you know, for the most part you get, you know, you get Eric Carlson. I mean, he's, He's pretty funny in a news conference, obviously. He's pretty direct. But for the most part, I, I really, truly believe that the players still treat the media very, very well. It's not as cozy as it used to be. You know, it wasn't uncommon for the game's greatest players to be tight with a lot of the national media. And I mean tight to the point where they felt comfortable to say anything they felt with them, knowing that, they wouldn't get hung out to dry if they slipped with a word here or there. Players are definitely uh, not at that level, but I still think that players think highly of the media. They want to work with the media, and with the exception of very, very few guys in hockey, they understand that the media is a really important function of what's going on in the world in terms of how their job is perceived and how much money they make. So, I, I think it's pretty good on the media side. I really do. But you knew, 
the media back then and you knew who you were dealing with mm-hmm. and now they don't no, they, they don't they, they don't know the they don't know the people lots. they don't they, they don't know, even any, know they don't even know the referees names anymore let alone anybody in media plus the social media aspect of it you got a twitter oh i guess you're in the media now that's the way that's the right. way it is now no, no that's totally the way it is and, and you're right there is a massive in my opinion I've never liked when the NHL went to no more names on the back of the rest jerseys. I kind of understand why they did it, but I liked knowing Ray Scampanelli. I liked knowing all the guys, quite frankly, and knowing them by first name. And I'd see them around, and you'd be conversationalists with them. That for sure doesn't happen anymore. I can remember being in Tampa, and I ran into a couple of the officials and they were like 12 years old, I think. <laughs> I, I was like, weren't you guys roughing the game? <laughs> and one of the guys, like, introduced himself to me, and I was a little bit in shock. Uh, it's just different. That's all. That, that aspect is different. But in terms of how the players perceive the media, I do believe they understand they have a job. In terms of the treatment that they get, I do think that it makes players leery because they know in today's world who can run out with the fastest scoop gets points for that. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way it used to be when we played. Do you think it has uh, an effect on the players here in Toronto? Like, a t- like an actual effect in terms of wins and losses of the team? Marner's experience with the media has not been the same as, say, Matthews. Um, you know, is there some sort of relationship between success uh, in Toronto here and the media? It's a hard question to answer because I think every guy in their mind, even though I'm making general statements about players, I think every, every guy rationalizes things differently. What bugs Mitch Marner may be water off a duck's back for Austin Matthews and maybe the same for John Tavares or maybe different. So in Mitch's case, I, I thought that I had read Mitch very rarely reads the media and he tries not to get too high on the highs and too low on the lows. It's clear that he had a rough ride. He had a terrible playoff. Um, There's a lot of pressure in Toronto. He started horrifically this year. Um, He's he's finally got that loving feeling back, so to speak. He could see that in his game. He knew it was just a matter of time. It's happened to other players. Do I think the media is to blame? I honestly don't know. You'd have to ask him. I hope not. I think it was just the randomness, Justin, and you know this as well as anybody. I think it was just the random randomness of the game where you can play exactly the same way and have zero production as you were playing last week and knocking it out of the park. That's just hockey sometimes. Lots. I want to get uh, one, one question here uh, outside of uh, uh, the Leafs and the Flyers tonight, and that's the Seattle Kraken. They lost yesterday 4-2 to to Vegas they sit at the bottom of the Pacific uh I I do believe that uh they had aspirations to be in a playoff race and they still may may that may be the case but um I just don't know whether or not uh you know they overestimated here uh Drieger did not have a good game the other night. Grubauer probably hasn't given them the goaltending that they, they thought that they could get out of the gate. Did they overestimate here? 
it's been hard to figure out, you know, what the exact plan was for Seattle. Obviously, we know what the fans thought. We know what the media thought. Uh, we, we know what most people in general thought. They'll do fantastic, just like Vegas. I never thought that, to be honest with you. I didn't think the players that Vegas had available were as available. I think the GM saw them coming this time as opposed to the last expansion draft when we did change the rules significantly. Uh, there was a lot of factors. I felt like just the fact that Vegas was exempt from the expansion draft and could kind of act as a second island for teams that maybe wanted to do something would derail the process for Seattle. Could they still be uh, competitive? It's still early. Yes, they do have a good D. They should have better goaltending. Will it improve or will it correct itself? I think it should be a little bit for sure. Um, but we don't know that. And so far, it's been just an okay start for a franchise that's done everything right off the ice, uh, you know, for a pretty uh, excited group as they should be because they saw what Vegas did. Uh, the team hasn't necessarily matched up with those expectations, but I'm not ready to throw them out with the bathwater just yet. I'm going to give them a little bit more time and they can kind of come around and find a little bit of that magic that Vegas was able to find so instantaneously. All right. Well then uh, one more team. We'll see if you're going to throw the bathwater. We'll, we'll get your take on our Toronto Maple Leafs here in, in town. Um, you know, we've seen a four game losing streak and a five game winning streak. The season's 13 days old or 13 games old. You know, is this a team that can uh, go on and be a real cup contender this season and not just a team that sneaks into the first round and gets slapped around? That's my answer. <laughs> you don't like them. <laughs> Lots, you don't like the Leafs? That's fine. No, it's okay. I'm not, I, I'm not saying I don't like them, but I still question when push comes to shove at the time of the year that everybody's waiting for. I don't even know if people want to follow the Leafs anymore. They just want to see how they do in the playoffs. And they will make the playoffs. And they were playing way below expected play expectations period however you want to say it but the question from justin is am i convinced they're a legitimate stanley cup contender and my answer right now is no i'm not so you got boston out and the leafs in you got florida tampa bay and toronto i take it yes i believe toronto absolutely will make the playoffs there's still some things fundamentally that i've been saying for the last few years that they've been able to basically outscore their way through, whether it be regular seasons I'm talking about, not playoffs. And I'm not sure they've corrected those issues. They are getting some nice play for some younger players finally on the back end, and that could help. But there's nights when I watch them when it looks like, uh, you know, Battleship Galactica out there for their D. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, you know, it, it, this is a I love that this game. Is an, this is an up-tempo league, and the teams that have really good mobile D are the ones that are generally doing the best. And the Leafs have one of the best offensive cores in the league, but until they can improve their D, I don't think it's going to be easy for them. I really don't, and it causes me to not be as bullish as I would be after I got done looking at that forward lineup. I think Jack. Jack Campbell acquitted himself rather nicely 
to be fair to him, but uh, it's really, really, unless you've got a Carey Price, it's really hard to win without a, an exceptional D. And even Carey Price at the time, who obviously played out of his mind last year, still had some exceptional D in front of him. What was that term? Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> you, you, you get the picture. It takes a long time. It takes a long time to turn the Titanic. Just thinking those that along those lines. All right, lots. That D is not as mobile as I'd love. Are you on tonight, the NHL Network? What, what's your schedule? I am not on. I'm back home for a rare break. I will be on Monday evening for the Hall of Fame inductions. I'm looking forward to my good buddy Doug Wilson getting inducted. All right. Well, listen, enjoy your Many break. Others. Enjoy your break. We'll look forward to that. Uh, thanks for joining us, Brian Lawton. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, thanks lots. Yeah, it's a le- lesson for other guests uh, on our show. Name names. I love that he gave us names. <laughs> and give, an, give us an honest answer. If you don't think the Leafs are good, that's fine. Let's hear it. But name names. Uh, he gave us Kent Nelson. Talked about a couple of his direct clients. Brad, that was, that was uh, wonderful. Brad Stewart. Brad Stewart and Jillson. Yeah, I don't know him. Jill Jillson. That was great. Jill, I don't know, yeah. Oh, he's always great. That was a great chat, boys. Like, how many guys are like him? He's done everything. Like, first pick overall. Brian Lawton? Brian Lawton. I didn't know that. Oh, go oh. find a cover of Sports Illustrated. He was like uh, the... Well, you've already narrowed the, the list pretty heavy. Hot <laughs> shot. He was the hot, high school hot shot. Yeah. Coming out and being the first pick overall. So he's got that. He's got his experience as a National Hockey League player. Started agency. Octagon. Sold that. I probably was Became okay. uh, an executive in the NHL. General manage. The Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, how many guys have worn that many hats? Agent, Forrest player. Gump. Forrest Gump and Brian Lawton. Those are your answers. Box of chocolates. That's what his life is right now. A box of chocolates. You sell Octagon. I imagine he's eating a couple of boxes yeah, of chocolates. He's, yeah, he's not getting the the, the knockoff. What are the what is that box at Christmas he get? What's so it called? He, he, I don't he, even know the brand. He, he's to blame for Alan Walsh then. <laughs> <laughs> no, not to blame. He gets credit for oh, that. He gets Alan credit Walsh. for it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people in the in the NHL. By the way, I said give us an honest answer. Walsh came on our show and said fire Batman. So <laughs> Batman's going right now. They're Brian Lawton's to blame for yes. Alan Walsh. Yeah, that sounds more accurate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was another one that uh, speaks his mind yeah. as we had him on uh, last week. If if any of you have not heard that, go find it uh, on our podcast list. Recurring invite for oh, Alan. Yeah. Open invite if you're listening, Walshie. And rate and review our podcast. Oh, yeah. Rate and review Sammy. Please. Specifically we, Sammy. At home, we live on it. Horking a lung. <laughs> Still came to play. Yeah. So uh, I was just looking at the uh, standings page, guys. There's five teams in the NHL that have a three-game winning streak going on. Do you want to hear who the five five teams are? Three or more. Uh, Detroit Red Wings, Columbus Blue Jackets, Anaheim Mighty Ducks, Minnesota Wild, Los Angeles Kings are the best teams in the NHL in the last week. Wild are pretty good, eh? Wild are legit. 8-3-0. and Yeah. Insane runs here for some of these teams, though. Like Anaheim has won five straight. They're seven, one, and two in their last ten games. Anaheim, I make hay while you can, because you're bad. Well, injuries yeah. and dare I say it, COVID. Yeah, and that terrible division. You so, never know. I mean, even the Leafs, 
still fairly healthy. McKayev. Yeah, McKayev's it. End of list. Yeah. Well, Peter Mrazek is a pretty important one as well. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, but he's hurt all the time, so it doesn't count. You're just going to assume he's not playing. But outside of that, they the Leafs, I think they they went to Carolina and came right back. They're going to go to Philly and come right back. But there's going to be stretches that they're down south of the border, and I don't know where these guys are still catching COVID, but it's a reality that, you know, the Leafs have been lucky. They've dodged. Was it Nylander outside of... Uh, mm-hmm. It was Nylander last year. COVID-wise. Yeah. This year, too, at the start, right? Yeah. yeah. No, well, he just wasn't – he hadn't got a second jab. Oh, that's, at the start right. Of the that's, year. Right. that's right. That's the only one that we can remember for the Leafs. Yeah. But you look at other teams right now. Wow. Colorado swimming uphill or swimming upstream. And Nate McKinnon out for three weeks in Colorado. Saw that, too. Yeah. Lower body injury, is that what they're calling it? Mm-hmm. Abs, 4-5-1 through 10 games, 450 winning percentage, minus six goal differential. I know they've been going through it a little bit here, but geez. So they just haven't had a healthy lineup. By the way, going through it a little bit, you see Jacob Chikrin's stats this year? Not good. Guy's like dead last. He's minus 20. No points. No points. Zero, 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 dash 20. You think he's having fun going to the rink? I don't think he's enjoying life. Like, why don't you just say, get rid of me? I think he's, he better be going out to True North and Weeko and Greyhawk playing some golf out there. Can you trade me to a real NHL team? But he was one of those contracts that they kind of, they did the big one. They were trying to be Mr. Fancy when, what's the guy that was there? Chaika? Yeah. He did all those like kind of. Mr. Fancy was his middle name. Well, no, but he did like trying to buy the value ahead of time, right? And didn't they give Chikrin a big one? Like, isn't he like seven? He's awesome. Well, is he? I don't think he's seven. He's high. No, I don't think he's seven. He's six or something. He's up there. I'll be surprised if it's seven. We have such we have resources for Come on. this sort of thing. Who's gonna who's gonna find it first? I got it right now. Chikrin is uh four point six until twenty twenty five. That's Sammy. a great deal. I I, I meant years. <laughs> <laughs> it's years still it's a no state tax. It's a nice number. Four point six in Arizona. But do you pretty good. That's like, a pretty tradable deal. Affordable how, homes. How many teams would be Constantly knocking on their door. I couldn't help but wonder: Would the Leafs? Would the Leafs have interest? I know it's it's a big number and numbers numbers. But if if you trade him, it's like, wow, what are you doing? Like that's like supposed to be Arizona. We're well past. What are you doing with Arizona? That's true. What are you doing? Then they're terrible. So Kipper gave me some homework in the last break, asking if Jack Campbell had ever played in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. and he has. In on January eighteenth, twenty twenty, he played there. He lost four one. As a member of the LA Kings, one okay. showing in Philly with the yeah, and he's played loss, he's okay. played the he's played the Kings twice, and he has given up four both times. Okay, so, uh, so he's played the Flyers. I say he played yes. the Kings. Yeah, he's, played the Fly- he's played the Flyers twice, that, given that, up four both times. I think that could help him because it is, I, as Sammy said at the top of our show, it's a tough place to play. What's that record again, Sammy? It is uh, I don't have it in front oh, of me, but twenty-two something, yeah. a lot under five hundred. That's going I, right I, back. I know to... we have things to talk about, but can I just give you some of the names in Arizona's decor? Yes. Ilya Labushkin, uh, Kyle Capiobianco, Dyson Mayo, Cam Deneen. Um, it's uh, it's our job to talk about hockey. I know, and I don't. I couldn't tell you where one of those guys played junior, or like you could have made up five names and we wouldn't know. <laughs> Not true. Did you? Yeah. Dyson <laughs> you Mayo. Did. Dyson Mayo sounds. Bad, and but, it's not but like, isn't doesn't Lad play for them? Like, yeah, he's a top six guy at this point. Yeah, and yeah. Beagle. 
right? Like, it's just not good. Anyway, anyway, guys, I'll get off the air. Well, no, it's a joke what they're doing there. It is a joke. It's an absolute travesty that they're tearing it down to the extent they have. It's unfair to the players who are there. I I hate it. I hate it. Move them and get a team in there or do something. I don't know. It's just It's upsetting. They just missed the boat on the rink. That's all. They took the free rink, and they should have just built in Scottsdale. Uh, it's ridiculous. I, I lived there for three years, and I went to maybe three hockey games because I didn't want to drive all the way through Phoenix in rush hour traffic to get to a hockey game in Glendale. I just wouldn't go. It's an so hour what, from what, my house. What would usually should be an hour would turn into, what, two and a half? Yeah. Oh, and what should – yeah, it should have been 30 minutes, and it might have been two and a half. It was ridiculous. And not to mention, you went there and you know, wanted to have a couple of beers. You got to drive home. There's no alternate ways home. You know, there's no – not, nothing convenient anyway. So not no, taking no an Uber. Subway? Uh, no. No TTC? No, my friend. <laughs> out to Glendale. It was not, not on the subway line. Not the better way. No. Not the better way. So you had some interesting uh, stats, speaking of homework. When you mm-hmm. kind of compare uh, the Leafs to the Flyers tonight yep. and what the trends tell you, and yet doesn't really match up. The trends tell me that, um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll go there first. That's a good one. Is goals for and expected goals your favorite uh, thing to talk about? The Leafs are 26th in the NHL in goals for right now. How can that be? 26th, 2.54 per game. Their expected goals is first. Best in the NHL, four goals per game. They should be scoring if uh, if you took luck out of it. Philadelphia Flyers, top 10 team in goals for, 3.2 goals per game. They are 30th in expected goals. They are supposed to score about the amount of goals the Leafs do score. So total inverse teams where you think the Leafs should be scoring and aren't, the Flyers shouldn't be and are. You know, that to me, if you're interested in analytics, you would say that should play in the Leafs' favor, that this should sort of sort itself out at some point. Um, More numbers for you, Kipper, and try to just do this as easy as possible. Leafs have the best offense in the league. Flyers are 31st. In a number of categories, they're almost they're they're thirty first in ozone possession time. The Leafs are first. Flyers have the puck in the offensive zone five thirty a game. Leafs have it seven thirty a game. So what I'm saying is the whole hockey game should be in Philly's end by that logic. That's just goofy. How can you be twenty sixth in goals and have number one number one goals and expected goals? It's just goofy. So if you're an analyst, you'd say one of two things. They've been wildly unlucky or they don't have finishing ability, that their scorers lack the ability to put pucks away. Bottom half of the lineup, that's very true. It is true with a number of the guys. I tell you what, I'm going to lose my marbles when the, when the league announces the expected awards in Vegas. <laughs> right? Oh, that would be amazing. That's what's coming next. Yeah. The expected awards. The X-Heart Trophy goes to... <laughs> The X Rocket. <laughs> the X Rocket. It's like me from high school. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm start referring to you as the X Rocket. Yeah, I used to be hey. a rocket. Although he only scored nine this year, should have scored 63. Expected <laughs> awards for the top National Hockey League expected goals uh, goes to. That's what's coming. No, no it's not. The, it's the, not. The, there was a. Uh, shouldn't I? God, I'm starting to sound like an old old person here, but like. Do there, it, please do it. There was a time where your coach would say, I don't care if you're getting chances. Shoot it but, in the GD net. But the, in and the it would make, like, bear down. Bear down on your chances. Oh, you're getting chances and you're not scoring? Well, that's on you for not bearing down on your chances. And to put a lot more pressure on the... Well, uh, isn't that kind of the whole, like, 
thing with hockey that guys that stick around for a long time are the guys that put the pucks in the net and the guys that kind of go away are the guys that miss their chances? Isn't you, that kind of the whole point? Do you remember the list of guys who I just read who had yes. played the most playoff games? Yes. Kind of guys who bear, bear down yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and have better stats. I always love that, the guys that have the better stats in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like, I just, you know, you think of, like, Ganey. Leafs, you think of Leafs may have a lot of those guys in another week or two. That like, but. Like, Kasha's got to score. Oh, yeah. yeah right? Okay, we're great. You're getting chances. If you don't, one doesn't go in the net, we don't care anymore. It's always a fun conversation with your coach, particularly but, as a scorer. It's like, I'm trying to shoot it in the net. Okay, how many how many goals tonight from the bottom six leaf forwards? You got to give them two. I No, I'm not giving them two. I, wow. I think they'll get one tonight. And I'm not sure who it'll be, but I, I think Kasha's due. I'll, I'll say the goal from the bottom six is Kasha tonight. I just... You know, looking at all these numbers, the, the Phillies getting wildly good goaltending from guys who I think are okay goaltenders. You know, they don't create much offensively. Uh, actually, you know what? There's going to be two tonight. I'm putting money on the board. Nick Ritchie's getting his first in blue and white tonight. How's oh, that sound? I like that. We should actually have money on the board in here and put it towards some sort of uh, team party fund. Yeah, I I'll think, give it. Uh, I, I think one's coming from Bunting. Yeah, he's due. Yeah, he's due. Okay. Well, I'll take a D man then. I'm going to take a D man. I'm going to say the the Leafs get one from a D. Well, give me Morgan's first, I guess. Seems like the same. Well, no one else is. <laughs> uh, for, for the Flyers, uh, their version of a Jason Spets is uh, Broussard. Yeah. He's been actually okay for them, and I think he is. He's with Spezza on the minimum contract, I think, and he's playing with Farabee and Atkinson. He's second line. He's been okay because, uh, as uh, Tarion said, I think. Uh, uh, because Hayes is out, he's getting an opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, you know, a guy like him, he's of no use if you're not going to play him with players who can play. Uh, you know, that, that's that been a long a, a development, I would say, in hockey culture is that... And what about... Uh, what about... Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say that these guys are useless if you don't get players. Yeah. So he gets to play with players. That's great. And uh, JVR. What's he... I th- I he's don't got think he's Lawton got much... and Lindblom. He's only, what, got a goal? Two goals? He has not put the puck in the net. No, is he slowing down? I actually don't know. But, you know, again. But he's playing. I think he's on the third line, but $7 million on the third line for JVR is, uh, is obviously a disappointment. Yeah, they're one of the teams that the numbers uh, are not fans of. JVR has a goal and four assists uh, through 10 games for the Flyers. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's no good. Yeah, the uh, I would say the players who are positively surprising there, Couturier's at uh, 12 points, and Atkinson so far scored six times in 10 games. That's pretty nice. So. And Couturier's a guy that everybody's saying is a lock for Team Canada. He's one of those guys that everybody's kind of penciling in there. Well, and if you, you know, it, we know Tavares has got great aspirations to make that team, mm-hmm. but Lululemon thinks he's making it, and they put him in the ads. See that? Yep. Did you see what he was wearing? I, I mean, Austin Matthews would wear it the like, hell out of that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't wear that, Kip? It looked like a tent with two holes in it for <laughs> sleeves. <laughs> it's a lean-to. <laughs> so there goes the Lulu sponsorship. I mean, we need someone to buy the show here, oh, Kipper. I want Lulu on yeah. board. I would love Lulu, especially golf-wise. Oh, man. Those pants, great, great shirts. But <laughs> I'm in. Tavares would have to make it as a bottom six guy. Yeah. So would you go... Sean Couturier, or would you go Tavares? Couturier. Couturier. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be tough for him to make Team Canada. It actually is, when you lay it out that even, way. Even, like, I know this is uh, maybe not sacrilege, but even Patrice Bergeron's going to be in tough here, you know? 
Well, like, I mean, you're looking at McKinnon, see, Crosby. And he's st- he's still, like, you're looking for that kind of two-way guy. Canada has a million of those guys, right? And if he's not on form, I mean, it's a, it's interesting. Can one of them play net last night on Hockey Central? We had to name our goaltenders for the oh, team. Oh, did you? <laughs> so, here's well, Justin, three picks. What's the rush? Well, <laughs> I agree. You need to wait on No, price. we got to do this every day. Every day we do this. But, but then it's Bennington and Hart. We will have a show, and we will break down Team Canada for you. Tomorrow. You, but we're just not doing it in the last 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good All time. right. Final score tonight. Sammy, you go first. 4-2 Leafs. Ah, uh, 3 nothing Leafs. I'll go... Uh... 4-2 Flyers. Oh, I was going to say, a bunch of homers with well, Kipper. Well, going uh, Sammy's record on how tough it is for the Leafs to go into Philadelphia and win. All right. Good two hours, everybody. Derek, thank you very much, pal. Sammy, glad you're feeling better. Great when you're in here. Appreciate it, bud. JB, always a pleasure, pal. Yep, thanks, buddy. Good one. All right. Thanks for joining us. Real Kipper and Bourne right back at you tomorrow.